0: So I think it's official now that the top star in AEW is not CM Punk. It's not Brian Danielson. It's not Jon Moxley. It's not MJF. It might actually be Wardlow, and we saw that how AEW Dynamite started on the go-home show of, Di- of Double or Nothing. We're going to talk about that and the rest of the show next on the Squared Circle Cycle Battle. My name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, surprisingly, the first match of the night is the steel cage match. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it was the first match, but it is the first match. Nonetheless, well executed. Wardlow is significantly over still, which is awesome. And I mean, if this had a title on it, it's easily the main event. It's easily been the best story between revolution into double or nothing. And Wardlow has benefited greatly from this storyline. He is the most over wrestler in AEW right now. Yeah. You know, I got to agree.
1: And you know, the one thing that we talked about was I was definitely surprised that this did not close tonight, you know, and I think that AEW is certainly, uh, earning a reputation for starting the night out, uh, with one of their stronger segments, maybe a stronger match. And then, uh, you know, more or less accepting that some of the fans are going to leave towards the tail end of the show. And maybe that's why they aren't holding some of these segments or matches for the latter part of the show. So for whatever the reason is, uh, this did open the night. This was a very good segment, and you're right. Wardlow certainly is significantly over still to this day, uh, and that's not just um, his appearance or any one thing that he's saying or doing. It's, it's the, the total package, you know, from start to finish, the way he enters the ring, being handcuffed, walked in with security, um, his interaction with MJF, and we talked about this last week, uh, just those two being able to draw the absolute best out of each other. And you know what, for what it's worth, Sean Spears, a guy who probably doesn't get enough credit, um, came over from the WWE because he wanted an opportunity. Now, I don't know if he necessarily thought he was going to be in like the world title picture because it was uh, a less crowded roster at the start of AW. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's finding himself a really, really good spot where he's able to, um, you know, cut good promos, be MJF sidekick. And, um, last night was no exception to that. So, everybody across the board, including Wardlow,
0: did a great job. I uh, totally agree. MJF mm-hmm. was awesome as the heel referee, did his spot to get heat, whether it was pretending to not know where the key was for the handcuffs, low blowing Wardlow during the Powerbomb Symphony. And of course, the, sh- the chair shot from Sean Spears to MJF just perfect, perfect throughout the whole thing. Just a well executed go home angle for this match. I, honestly, it is the most anticipated match for me heading into double or nothing. But I think the main event, of course, of double or nothing is Hangman Page versus CM Punk. And I was looking at social media, seeing the reaction to this, and it was very polarizing. I really didn't see a lot of middle ground with this. It was either this was Hangman Page's best promo in AEW, or it was a confusing pile of shit, for <laughs> lack of a better term. And honestly, there were some good lines he he brought out. But still, I'm like, what is he talking about? And even CM Punk is saying he's talking in circles. Like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you mad at CM Punk? And what is this? You're defending AEW from CM Punk. From what? It's it was a very confusing promo on his end. It was very I don't want to use Ultimate Warrior-esque but it was like a bunch of cool things were said, but at the end of the day, what was said? Yeah. At the, the same very time little
1: substance, very, very little substance. A lot of good stuff that was, was said, it was kind of like, okay, this was kind of good. I feel like, I think I know where they're going with this, but hangman page was like, I was going to come out here, light a pipe bomb, roll it down and let it blow up all, whatever he said. And I was like, what? okay, this is great. Uh, let's see where this goes. And then he didn't do it. And it's like, look, If there's ever a time that you're going to do it or going to say these things, it should probably be the go-home show or the go-home angle for um, what might be one of the more important title matches in AEW history, at least for Mm -hmm. right now, because it's CM Punk's first title defense. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, they decided to hold off, prolong this. I don't know if that means that Punk is going to lose or... Um, this is gonna extend this feud will extend past double or nothing. But if there was ever a time where Hangman Page needed to cut a great promo and let it all out to get fans invested, this was the night. Um I think that fans are gonna be invested in this match regardless. But I think even the fans last night were kind of confused. They were like, All right, let's boo Sam Punk. Let's kinda cheer Hangman Page, let's kinda cheer Punk. And uh, you know, the only one thing that I took away from this was there's definitely a psychological edge to this whole thing on CM Punk's behalf, trying to draw uh, the emotion out of hangman page. And that's been pretty clear. And you talked about this last week throughout the entirety of this feud. Um, but I just didn't feel like it got to that next level. Do, am I going to watch it? Do I think it's going to be a match? Good match? Yeah, absolutely. But (sighs) I feel like last night only solidified a lot of the criticism that hangman page gets for his, his title reign. and, You know, I don't even necessarily agree with a lot of the criticism that he gets because I actually think it's been uh, pretty good um, and most people are just overly critical of it. But last night didn't do him any favors. It wasn't a bad promo, but it just didn't have the substance you'd want it to have as a go home angle, in my opinion. Right.
0: Right. I think also it doesn't help that you have on the other side of the ring CM Punk, who is one of the best talkers in wrestling today, doing the talking and completely executing everything that he's supposed to do on his end of the story. Like, why are you mad at me? Why are you making this personal? I'm just here as the number one contender challenging for your title. You just happen to be the guy that holds the title. So I'm going after you. If it was MJF, I'd go after him. If it was John yeah. Moxley, I go after him. If it was Jericho. I go after him. It was just a very, very uh, confusing promo. Like I said, with hangman page, Some lines were good, but at the same time, I'm like, what the hell's going on? And another thing that I felt like what the hell's going on with this is this whole Chris Jericho gimmick as the wizard. And his new gimmick is he's just going to throw fireballs in everybody's face. And I get maybe it's supposed to be a mockery of sports entertainment. And that's kind of like him being a heel because he's a sports entertainer in the fireball spot is a sports entertainment thing, even though almost every promotion before AEW has done a fireball spot. So I don't know what he's really getting at with this, but I'm, I can't, I'm not connecting with the wizard. I, I, I'm kind of invested in the whole pro wrestling versus sports entertainment thing with Blackpool combat club and, and Kingston Santana Ortiz. But I feel like again, This is another situation where Jericho is being the forefront of a feud where other people need to rise up and be over. And he's just taking the spotlight away from them. It's almost like Jericho goes into Tony Khan's
1: office and is like, look, here's my idea. Let's revolve it around me. I'll be the focal point. I'll be the one that gets everybody over. I'll be the one that elevates everybody. Yeah, Um, And, you know, I. Sometimes when Jericho's at his best, he's able to do that. I mean, we saw that right at the beginning of AEW with the painmaker and uh, you know, all, all of that stuff. And he was great. But this is like bad Chris Jericho. Bad comedy, Chris Jericho. We've seen glimpses of this in the past. I Jericho's not bad at anything. Like he's always going to be invested in whatever he's doing and make the best of it. But I can't say this is enjoyable. And I feel like this is a waste of so many people that are involved in this um i'm not I said this last week I'm not into the Jericho Appreciation Society. I feel like that Jericho is much better than whatever he's involved in right now. He's the first aW champion um and he's coming out dressed like have you ever seen the movie Rockstar? Yeah last night's last night's uh whatever outfit he had on was I just
0: Well, Well, it reminded me me of the singer Justin Hawkins. For guys that don't know who that is, that's the lead singer of the band, The Darkness, who are known for the song I Believe in a Thing Called Love. I mean, one of my favorite bands. I'm sure people in the UK know exactly what I'm talking about, but for those maybe statewide or worldwide, maybe not so much, but that's what I was seeing with those pants last night was Justin Hawkins. So if you guys get the reference, awesome. If not, Go listen to some darkness music. You won't be disappointed. But why did yeah. Jericho
1: always need a new gimmick or nickname? The wizard, the Ayatollah of rock and roll, uh, the Painmaker.
0: Like, I feel there's like nothing, he's just trying to force with. It. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with him changing his character, you know, once in a while, but to do it like every feud. Right. It's getting it is getting like, why you're just doing it just to do it. That's a problem. And I hope that this feud, Ends at this pay-per-view and it doesn't go past that. The question is, like, who gets over at this point? Is it <laughs> do like does Jericho Appreciate Society win this match? And what does that mean for Santana and Ortiz, who were supposed to be again the ones that are supposed to look good in this feud and yet are put in the back burner? It's just very annoying, but you know, we it's There was some good on this show. I don't want to completely bash the show. And one thing that I was very, very excited about, one thing I'm very, very happy about is we finally got some New Japan Pro Wrestling connection on AEW programming outside of Jay White just walking out when the announcement was made for Forbidden Door. Uh, During the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championship match, which was a decent match up until the finish, uh Rapongi Vice looked like they could have stolen the tag team titles away from FTR, but we did get interference from the United Empire members, Jeff Cobb and the great O'Konn, and they just go after both guys. And it looks like this is going to be one of the matches we see at Forbidden Door, whether it's FTR versus United Empire or a three-way between uh Rapongi Vice, FTR, and United Empire. And I know some people spotted a couple of botches with the Great Ocon, but I still love this segment because we're, we're starting to see something out of this New Japan AEW thing where it's not just going to be a bunch of matches thrown together just because, hey, cool, let's just throw three matches together. This is part of yeah. what you need to do to help sell this pay-per-view. And also leads you to believe that I'm sure there's going
1: to be a couple of surprises at Double or Nothing, too. So Yes. Um, take it for what it's worth. You're right. There were a couple of botches. I pointed that out to you as well when we were kind of talking about this pre-show. That was, unfortunately, the theme of the night. It seemed like there were botches in almost every second, every match. And, you yeah. know, it, it's going to happen, but... um. Yeah, it's it's definitely good to see them start out with this uh, before this pay-per-view, and then hopefully this builds and we start to get uh, more storylines. And like you said, hopefully it's not just a bunch of people thrown together just for the sake of having this dream card, New Japan and AW. It's like, let's get some substance out of this. Let's get some build. Let's
0: get people invested. So Yeah, and with the fact that we got <laughs> Cobb and O'Khan here, who are part of the United Empire faction, they also are challenging for the IWGP Tag Team Championships at Dominion, which is a couple weeks before Forbidden Door. So if they win those tag titles, do we see IWGP Tag Champions versus Ring of Honor Tag Champions in a title versus title kind of thing? I- I'd be totally down for that. And, you know, or, you know, the current champions, Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale, you know, a Bullet Club. Does that bring them in? And they also tie into Jay White. And Juice Robinson, who has tie-ins with Will Ospreay, part of the United Empire, ties in with John Moxley and Hiroshi Tanahashi, who are all part of the Fatal 4-Way for the United States Championship. You know, I, this was definitely a great seed planted, and I just hope it grows from that. and I hope we see a great follow-up with this, just like we saw a great seed planted in the next match that I hope gr- uh, grows a great plant at Double or Nothing. And that is the triple threat match, which is a precursor to the tag team championship match at double or nothing. Jungle Boy versus Swerve Strickland versus Ricky Starks. I thought this was a very, very good match that showcased all three. It looked like all three could potentially win this match, but eventually it was Swerve Scott that stole it. After the match, Hobbs comes in, then it, um, then Luchasaurus comes in, then Keith Lee comes in. And so everyone got a little taste of it. The only thing that I say. I was not a fan of is the fact that we can't see a follow-up triple threat match before double or nothing, where we get Luchasaurus versus Keith Lee versus powerhouse Hobbs. Please. So you get the other side of the dynamic of this match where we saw the high, the high action, fast paced, high risk guys in a triple threat match, but let's see the power guys in a triple threat match and see how these guys can clash together. Uh, we're not going to be able to see that unless it shows up um, unannounced on rampage. But I'm excited for this match. I think this is going to be a sleeper of a match, possibly a match of the night, if not for MJF and Wardlow.
1: Yeah, no, this is going to be one of those matches that's one hard hitting because not only do you have the, like you said, much smaller guys, uh, more athletic guys that are going to fly around and do all the crazy stuff, but you got some big guys in there too. So you got to imagine there's going to be some cool spots. Keith Lee, I know he's been a guy that we've talked about so many times, and I think a lot of people have brought this up as well. This will probably be his biggest match, I would imagine, um, on a really big card, on a pay-per-view. So, uh, good opportunity to, for, to showcase kind of the athleticism that he has for his size. Um, so, yeah, definitely, definitely a match to look forward to, and uh,
0: last night was a good kind of prerequisite to what we can expect. I think on the pay-per-view, I do want to thank our sponsors for this AEW dynamite review. And that is manscaped. They have the performance package 4.0 with all the tools you need for men's grooming. It's got the lawnmower 4.0 with the ceramic blade, with that advanced skin safe technology, it's waterproof too. So you could do it. You could do your shaving in the shower, that 400 K led spotlight for that precise shave as well. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and that proprietary skin-safe technology as well to prevent nicks, snags, and tugs on the ears and nose. And that is a great ear trimmer. Plus, you got the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver toner that will change the way you approach your hygiene routine. The Performance Package 4.0 has got a lot of other goodies as well. And you can get this for 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SCPB20 at manscaped.com. Again, that is 20% off and free shipping with the promo code SCPB20. Unlock your confidence with the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Again, 20% off, free shipping, promo code SCPB20. So, Ralph, our last couple matches that we had were for the Owen Hart tournament. So, what I want to do right now is play right move, wrong move with the two winners. Right move, wrong move with Britt Baker going over Tony Storm. <sighs> I think it's the wrong move. I think really? it's the wrong
1: move. I do. And I, I think that Britt Baker is one of the few female wrestlers in AEW that are women wrestlers that does not need to win these high-profile matches, does not need to win championships, does not need to win um, tournaments or whatever else because she's already has a I think a place chiseled out at the top of AEW women's wrestling. Um, Mm -hmm. She's proven time and time again that it's not just about her in-ring work. It's her ability to get over. It's her ability to make a presence. She's one of the few characters in AEW in a women's division or just in general where, um, you know, frankly, they just don't have that many people who can just go out there and just command the room like she can. Um, I think Britt Baker is amazing. I just don't think that, she needed this win more than Tony Storm. I think Tony Storm or Ruby Riot, you know, she's somebody who had the big debut, had all the promo packages, had the video lead-in, hasn't really done a whole lot or hasn't got that much attention since she debuted. Uh, had a couple of big matches here or there, mostly left off Dynamite, mostly an afterthought in my opinion. Um, Tony Storm, you know, she's been booked a little bit better. She's had some big matches, some big wins, and I think that this could have at least helped solidify her as another top component or top member to that women's division where right now in my opinion it's a two horse race Jade Cargill who is still you know pretty far behind Britt Baker in terms of um in ringability, popularity, all that type of stuff. I love Jade too, but other than those two like you have good female wrestlers there but you know we talked about this at that level in AEW in WWE. If you make it there, you're they're all good wrestlers, or so, mm-hmm. supposedly all good wrestlers. So you need to, you need more characters. Britt
0: Baker didn't need the to win. Tony Storm did. I get where you're coming from, but I think they made the right move here <laughs> because let's forget. Let's not forget this is a pay per view that this finals match is happening, and if you don't have Britt Baker on the card, you're losing star power in the finals. So right then and there, you gotta, you got to put her in. Plus, the story's there that she has a feud with both Tony Storm and Ruby Riot. So I think the way they set up this bracket, it was almost predictable that Britt Baker was going to the finals. She was going to win against the Joker, whoever it was. It turned out to be Maki Ito. Tony Storm was going to advance. They were going to face off each other. Britt was going to win. And Ruby Soho, I know the match hasn't happened yet. But Ruby Soho is probably going to win against Chris Statlander, and there's your final. And the story, while not the best executed or best told story, at least there's one there. Now, does that necessarily mean that Britt Baker is going to win at Double or Nothing? No. You could still get the win to Ruby Riot, and that helps Ruby, who I think needs to win the most out of anybody. So if she's going to get a win at Double or Nothing, would you rather her beat Tony Storm, who doesn't have all the momentum, or Britt Baker, who is the face of the division. You go with the face of the division. So I say this was the right move. Now, double or nothing comes. We'll see if they give Ruby the win or do they give Britt the win. Either way, I think they're in a win-win situation with whoever they decide to put over because obviously it's Britt. She's the face of the division. And you could always tie it in to Adam Cole if he ends up winning the men's bracket, but if Ruby wins, now you've put someone in that picture outside of Jade and outside of, of Britt Baker. But, you know, we had one more final match, and that was our semifinal match. I should say, Samoa Joe beats Kyle O'Reilly, uh, by submission. Right move or wrong move? I again, I think this is the right move. Um, I think Samoa Joe, um,
1: is one of the again, going back to his time in WWE, probably one of the more underutilized guys. Um, and I don't know if that was necessarily because of injury or whatever else, but um, he's an AW now. He can talk, he can be the badass, he could be funny, he could do pretty much everything. I like Kyle O'Reilly. Um, but as we talked about last week, we've already seen that in NXT how many times we don't need to revisit that feud. Uh, Mm -hmm. Samoa Joe is a guy that I think it's a little more believable for him to go over Adam Cole. And to be honest with you, I'm kind of leaning towards him going over. I think I want to see him win. So I
0: think this was the right call. Plus, you know, Tony Khan has really been pushing ring of honor. Sometimes even more than AEW right now. You know, we've seen FTR defend the ring of honor tag team titles multiple times. We've seen the women's championship in the main event of dynamite. Samoa Joe has not only won, but, you know, defended the ring of honor television championship. So this is, you know, a a good move for Tony Khan. If he wants to keep showcasing ring of honor, ring of honor, ring of honor. And this is really the face of ring of honor right now is Samoa Joe with the very little roster that we know of. And if he's going to continue to showcase ring of honor, you got to put, ring of honor in the pay-per-view now ftr's not on the card samoa joe now is so i think this was absolutely the right move and uh, you know I-, I think i'm with you on that maybe samoa joe does go over but it'd be interesting to see it'll also be interesting to see how the rest of aw's double or nothing happens including that main event do we see hangman page win Or do we see CM Punk win? I think CM Punk should win. And you can click the thumbnail on the screen right now and I'll tell you exactly why. We'll talk to you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble.